Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. I am, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. I am joined by a couple of wonderful guests. Uh, one is, okay, let's see if I pronounce this right. So Skulk, and then how do you say, Kronje? Kronje. Kronje. Very good. It's got an E with a little accent on it, right? Yes. I think I'm even going to actually put that correctly in the show notes. That's good. And where are you broadcasting from? Oh, I'm currently based in Rinsal and Andorra. Arinsal, Andorra. For those people who don't have Google Maps handy, that's in the that's the Pyrenees, right? It's in the Pyrenees between France and Spain. That's correct. Yes, the Principality of Andorra is situated there. And periodically, sorry, what was that? It's a very beautiful country. Oh yeah, I was going to say periodically you tweet a picture out your window or something, and it's just dazzling. You know, it's absolutely beautiful there. You recently relocated there from the UK, right? Or was it from South Africa? No, from the UK. And you relocated to the UK from South Africa. That's correct. Yes, I've been to different parts of the world by now. You are quite the world traveler. Um, we also are joined by uh, excellent person, uh, Sergio. Let's see if I say it right, Sergio Delamo. Is that good? Sergio Delamo. Yes. Hello, and you are broadcasting from Guadalajara. It's uh, there is a Mexico City with the same name. But this one is close to Madrid in Spain, in the center of Spain, 50 kilometers away from Madrid. I'm going to have to get the spelling on that because I put Madrid in the show notes, so I guess that's not quite right. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, Sergio plays several roles in the Groovy community, one of which is that uh, you're one of the chief organizers of the Greech Conference, right? No, I am not. No, I it's am a... not. I collaborate with them with the... Uh, with the mobile apps, but the Greech conference is organized by Ivan Lopez and Alberto Vinci. Of course. Yeah, I thought you two did it together. I didn't realize that that was, uh, no, no, I don't. That was primarily him. Well, um, sorry for Ivan. Uh, maybe we'll have to have him on as a guest in the future. But you were there at the conference, right? It was a big deal. Yes, I was there. I was there. I, I am visiting Greech, I think, for the past five years I have been there. It's it's really handy for me because it's like half an hour with the car from where I live, so it's like a, the perfect conference for me. Wonderful. I I know that you are also currently working with OCI these days, right? Yeah, since January. And you've been doing a lot of work with their getting started guys. I'm sure there's some other things you're doing with them as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And and I if I remember correctly, weren't you working on um, in the mobile world before that? Yeah, I was working in a startup. We were doing a, a mobile application, both iOS and Android. Okay. Uh, also with Rails backend. But yes, I was in the in the mobile development world. With the Grails backend, that's right. I do remember yeah. that. We, we talked about that. I think it was at uh, Great Conf in Copenhagen last year. I think so. Uh, right, which which was very interesting. Uh, so we'll get back to all that. We'll definitely talk about that. I should at least identify right off the top that uh, conspicuous by his absence is our good friend, well, our, our good acquaintance, uh, Baruch Sadogursky, uh, who would normally be podcasting with us from California. Uh, sadly, as we put in a tweet storm this morning, uh, Baruch recently gave a presentation at a conference and he presented on Kotlin puzzlers, and that was just simply too much, and he has therefore been banned for life from the Groovy podcast. 
it is sad it's it's a very unfortunate but you know we're not a total surprise i would think and uh we'll have to one of the things we'll need to discuss during this podcast is if there's any chance at retribution if there's any penance that he can do or some way that he can you know, re-justify his rejoining the, the podcast as unlikely as that may be, okay? So uh, we will see how that goes. Now, in the meantime, let me just do some basic news and then we can talk about the things that, that you did at Greece or the things that you're doing now as well. Now, I don't have a, a lot in the show notes at the moment. Let me mention a couple of things that are unrelated to any of us directly. Uh, first of all, someone named uh, Lucas Teixeira, do you know him? T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A, ring any bells? No, no. He wrote a, a extensive, interesting blog post about multi-tenancy with grails. I saw the blog post, yes. Yeah, the met, so the multi-tenancy post talked about uh, the multi-tenant core plugin and a single database plugin and how to do it yourself and, and you know, all kinds of stuff. It's a very extensive post and I put it in, or I will put it in the show notes. Looks very interesting. You ever done anything with multi-tenancy with Grails? I have not, but there is a lot of uh, good uh, multi-tenancy support in the latest GORM. Mm. Uh, yesterday, GORM 6.1 was released. Right. There is like really good capabilities there. So basically, um, for for those who don't know what multi-tenancy is, uh, which uh, I included myself uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, so whenever you are uh, thinking like uh, about the storage of service, for example, where you will have like the same grace app uh, with a different database per client, uh, something like that, you could use like a multi-tenancy there. So GORM supports like I think uh, uh, you can have like uh, per database or per schema or I think per column. I think you can have like a column to to differentiate, but for sure per, per schema and per database, those are options for reading GORM. Um, I haven't read the post that you mentioned, uh, but uh, there are really good capabilities for multi-tenancy grades. And I, I do thank you for the reminder that this was part of GORM 6.1. GORM 6.1 went GA according to the OCI blog post back on 27 March, but didn't they just release, what was it, 6.1.1 or something? Yes, and they, yes. Yeah, so there's not a blog post that I could find associated with that, but... Um, I think, I think there should be a tweet in the Grace Framework Twitter account. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll have to go find the tweet. But I mean, it's it's just a, a it's not an extensive re change to six point one. I mean, it's still basically bug fixes related to six point one, right? No, six six point one is big. Yes, there are like. But the six point one point one isn't a big change from six point one. Correct. At least that's what I'm. That's the impression I get. Is six point one bundled into the latest version of Grails three? Well, Gorm is completely decoupled. So, so you can basically in the latest Grails version, uh, when you create an app, you will have in your Gradle properties, you will have like the Gorm version you can use, mm -hmm. um, and then you just choose the the Gorm implementation that you use. If you choose like Hibernate, that's the 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 Gorm implementation we are all used to. Uh, so you can use the latest GORM version in, in Grace 3 to, to 8, basically. So you, it will basically mean to change the, the, the GORM version in the Gradle.properties file. 
Or is it in Gradle Stop Properties, or is it directly in the build.gradle file? Probably in Gradle Stop Properties. I'm sure you're it's right. It's in, in, in Gradle.properties because it, it's referenced from the from the main build.gradle file. Okay. But yeah. And that's fast. You are in previous. The other way around. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glancing at the the blog post again, just a reminder that they have the GORM data services now to let you define interfaces and abstract classes that are automatically implemented for you at compile time. Of course, they yeah. mentioned the multi-tenancy AST transformations, support for JPA annotations and bean validation API, uh, package scanning for easier unit testing, and then support for uh, the latest versions of several different drivers, uh, including Hibernate 3.2. By the way, one of the neat things in Hibernate 3.2 and above is they have added support for the java.time package. So that if you're on Java 8 and you want to use local date, local time, local date time, things like that, now Hibernate has native support for uh, attributes of that type. Used to be you had to write your own attribute mappers to make that work. Uh, so that's nice. They've got support for MongoDB, Do4j, all the, the usual suspects. and uh, there's a link to a talk in Madrid, and I, it says my talk. Let's see, who's that link to? That is, uh, oh, Graham, of Graham. course. Graham Roche, yes, of course. Uh, which is a nice, uh, oh, and by the way, they do have a little snippet there in gradle.properties. You just say gorm version equals, and there it is exactly. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put a link to the uh, OCI um, team blog in the show notes. But as you mentioned, it was updated this morning with a, a, a late release of, of GORM as well. Correct. Uh, okay, now in addition to that, uh, what else do we have? I want to mention, because the deadline is, is going quickly, uh, the Great Ladies Group, GR8 Ladies Group, is also uh, awarding uh, conference tickets and travel grants. They have a form there that you could complete and that's the application will close on April 15th and the recipients will be chosen before May 1st. That will give you a, a two tickets for Great Conf in Copenhagen this year, uh, specially designated for members of an underrepresented group or students. Let's see, anything else that I need to point out here? Uh, they have a little bit of funding designed for recipients of the diversity ticket that would cover a flight from any major airport in Europe at a basic hotel room in Copenhagen, which is not simple. Copenhagen's an expensive city, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. So at any rate, I put a link, or I will put a link in the show notes to uh, that form in case anybody is interested in that or knows somebody who could use the assistance like that. Another tweet that came out this morning came from Daniel Sun. I don't know whether it's Sun or Soon. We'll have to get in touch with him and find out exactly how to pronounce his, la his last name, who is a core team member of Groovy. And he announced that the Parrot parser is now actually merged into Main, interestingly enough. Oh, I didn't know that. Pardon me? I didn't know that. I didn't know you had that. Yeah, I mean, that came out this morning. So I don't know whether that means that all future Grails versions will use that or if it's specifically targeted at uh, a, a, a particular version of Grails. I'm sure somebody will mention uh, in the show notes there, you know, but uh, or actually somebody will mention it on Twitter or something like that. But I did notice the tweet that said it's it's official, and that's, that's really significant. I mean, that, that gives us our real Java 8 support that has additional annotations. Have you played with that at all, the, the, the uh, Parrot parser? 
Uh, no, I haven't. Skulk, have you done anything with that yet? No, I haven't, but there was a lot of noise about it at the uh, Greece conference. And I remember that, man. Have, and they have definitely some very happy with it. I, I only saw the tweets, of course, but I, I saw there was a lot of excitement about that, and I do believe that gives us native Lambda syntax from Java 8. Uh, I did see a tweet last week uh, where they pointed out there's now an at Groovy Doc annotation that you could add as well that is supported by the parser so that you could put in things that go directly to the Groovy Docs as well. As a matter of fact, that's the link I have uh, at the moment. But uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about the Parrot Parser in future podcasts when that becomes uh, part of the release. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to mention it. Uh, the other thing uh, that another one that I have here uh, is that the HTTP NG group, the HTTP Builder NG, NG for Next Generation, um, is uh, there was a major presentation at Greech on that. Yeah, I think we got. Yeah, by Noam Tene. Yeah, uh, did, really, I get, really nice talk. did you get a chance to um, go to that? Yeah, yeah, I attended the talk. It was really nice. I personally haven't used the uh, HTTP Builder NG. Um, the concept seems really cool because you can use like different implementations. So if you have used a library such as uh, OK uh, HTTP, uh, and he showed a couple of uh, other uh, networking libraries that have been integrated as well. So it's, it looks like kind of, um, for me, look like the concept of um, SLA4J. So basically, you decouple yourself from the, of the implementation, and then you you have like a nice uh, DSL on top. It looks really nice. Yeah, I've used it for one of my projects so far. The upgrade was really, really good. Oh, yeah, good. definitely. Now I did a very, very good uh, presentation on it. Yeah. Well, I've got the link to the presentation, and of course, the home page is, is a GitHub I.O. project. So it's just http-builder-ng.github.io. And they've um, I know that I ran into a minor problem, which I'm sure was my fault when I tried to use it. But at any rate, uh, they recently upgraded the user guide. And I'm going to give that, as soon as I get a chance, uh, a, a per, you know, I'm going to read through that and, and get a chance to try to use it again. I I probably had just some weird issue myself with it, but it's uh, very powerful, and the the upgrade to the user guide gives far more complete examples as well. So uh, I hope that people have get a chance to check that out. You know, really like that. The slides were posted on SlideShare uh, by Noam Tenney's uh, presentation, and I thought he was a a major contributor, but it turns out he was just giving the talk. I don't remember who the actual people are behind the project. The actual people behind the project, uh, it's in a slide inside the presentation. So anyone who, who takes a look to the slides of Noam, the, the two authors are inside. I, I don't remember the names, but uh, he created them yeah, well, in the beginning of the talk. Then, by, then I, after all, should simply just scroll through. You know, and I did, I did actually look at the presentation slides. Uh, Oh yeah, Chris Steno is involved. S T E H N O. He's the guy who also does the um, the mock HTTP server that um, that special server as well. And David Clark apparently, David W Clark. Uh, those are in there. And as you say, that supports okay HTTP under the hood and HTTP components and and various other pieces. And it's it's simply installed with a 
a simple dependency in your Gradle build file. Yeah. Okay, so those slides are available as well. Uh, what else? Speaking of Greech, of course, uh, you did, Sergio, you did a talk on um, Grail's interview questions, which I found fascinating because uh, it was very much a guided tour through some features that people may not pay attention to. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, I wanted basically to give a talk about uh, uh, different great topics and I didn't know how to bind them together, basically. And the interview questions uh, format gave me an excuse, basically, to to jump from one topic to the other. Um, yeah, I wanted basically, um, I mean, it's tough to get uh, people with great experience. Uh, and it's really, uh, yeah, basically I put together a couple of uh, questions and answers which uh, will allow to have a discussion with anyone and you will quickly realize if they have experience using this or not. Uh, but as you said, basically it was more an excuse just to, to jump from topic to topic. Yeah, well, I thought it was very, I mean, again, I just saw the slides, but I thought that was very effective. You know, I thought that worked really well. Uh, I, I suppose it's bad for me to admit that I learned some things, but maybe that's not bad. I don't know. I'm supposed to know yeah. some of this stuff, but I... That's the, the goal of the talk. Yes. Yeah. Well, I went to Sergio's talk and... Oh. Uh, I actually learned a lot of things from there, and I thought it was very well pitched. So if somebody doesn't know much about Grails, I think that's a very good entry point. Yeah, I liked it. I'm just skimming through it again now, and I thought it was really very interesting, a lot of it. So uh, thank you for putting the um, slides on, on SlideShare, or on Speaker Deck, rather. And yeah. I assume that at some point the videos from uh, Greech will be made available as well. I think so. Normally they are pretty fast, about the videos. Uh, so I will expect they will be probably available in the next month or so. I, I have to make sure I remember to say this. So I'm going to say it now, even though it's kind of a non sequitur. Uh, for those people who are watching the YouTube video as opposed to listening to the audio podcast, uh, Sergio does have on his Groovy Calamari t-shirt. That's another role that Sergio plays in the in the community as he publishes the, the Groovy Calamari newsletter, which is fascinating. We uh, we do have a name for the uh, the, the one-eyed pink squid, right? Or do you yeah. still find Ursula. that? Ursula, right, is the name of the squid now. Um, I think that's, well, great, I guess. I don't know. It's just it was a, a running gag anyway. Um, you just put out a new uh, Groovy Calamari just this week, right? Or last week? Yeah, last Monday. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what was what it was in it because I did read through it. I just didn't have a chance to follow all the links. Do you want to well, say something I about it? Basically, about um, uh, a couple of great links. Uh, the whole composite build is something that um, uh, is really interesting to me. I haven't personally uh, used it, but um, I am reading about it, and then the the other thing about the Gradle, um, I linked to another uh, talk by uh, by Hans in a in a Ruby uh, user group where he talked about the incremental compilation mm. that they are adding in the latest, um, which uh, looks really nice. As you said previously, they have done some Android development in the past. Compilation there is probably the biggest pain point. Uh, so if they are able to really improve the speed of, of uh, Android development and compilation there, it's like a really, really big win. 
for them. And then I link to a couple of uh, a couple of uh, blog posts about um, testing. Uh, we released a great guide about testing domain class uh, constraints this week. So I am trying to target like um, some of the links uh, with the guides that we publish every Monday. So that's all, that was more or less the topic, but a lot of Gradle. Uh, I try to, to link to Gradle stuff because it's something that I keep using myself a lot. And um, yeah. Well, that's, I thought it was great. And Skulk and I, we're gonna talk a lot about Gradle in a few minutes. Uh, we'll get to that. But as long as, uh, just to complete what you're talking about, uh, since you also put out those Grails guides, uh, one of the Grails guides that came out uh, this week was the the Spring Security Core plugin with custom authentication? Do you want to comment on that at all? Yeah, basically the guide is a bit more advanced. Great guide this week. Um, so normally when you install a Spring Security Core plugin, you have like username, password authentication. Right. Um, but the, the plugin really allows for a big amount of flexibility. Uh, you can override a lot of bins and defines like custom authentication providers. So uh, you can really uh, extend or modify the plugin behavior to to basically suit your authentication needs. So we created a guide which is uh, like a simple example here in Spain. Uh, normally, the bank uh, when you want to sign into a bank, you normally have to enter a username, password, and then you have they ask you like for a, a, a coordinate. They tell you give me the value of this. Uh, for your coordinate card, like in position number 70, 77, uh, which is the value, and then you check in your card and then you enter that. So it's like two-factor authentication, like something you know, something uh, you have. So basically the example uh, shows how to basically tweak the Spring Security Core plugin to create like a custom authenticator. Um, uh, yeah, basically a, a bit more advanced, but I wanted basically to show that the Spring Security Core plugin, which is probably the, the most famous plugin in the ecosystem, uh, uh, allows for a really, really, really uh, big degree of uh, extension. Well, that's uh, very appreciated. I mean, I, as you say, the Spring Security Core plugin is probably the most installed plugin in the Grails ecosystem, very popular. And you're right, almost all the examples I've ever seen have been little hello world examples with a username and password. It's nice to see how you can customize the authentication and on a, as a step on the way to two-factor authentication and, and other mechanisms like that. So I, I do encourage people in general to go visit the guides page, guides.grails.org, and there are many guides there. In fact, Gradle guides rather are uh, very impressed with your page, and and uh, we are being, shall we say, heavily influenced by it. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, very nice job, and and thank you very much for that. Um, now, of course, what you mentioned was the the release of Gradle, and in fact, Gradle upgraded its version this morning. Again, the 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 final release of 3.5.0 came out this morning. And there are some very nice features in that, which I'm sure we'll be talking about over time, one of which is that the console is much more um, informative and, and animated and active. There's a lot more information that goes by to show multiple processes going on and everything. 
Uh, but the, of course, the biggest surprise, the biggest change is this: it's how much faster it is. Gradle's really improved the speed a lot, and some of that is due to the incremental builds part that you linked in the in the guide. And part is this new feature called the build cache. The build cache, which allows the results of previous tasks to be cached not just locally but also remotely, and therefore used by a series of members on the team as well. Uh, there's a link to the build cache user manual. We'll put a link to the show notes to the, the actual release uh, information as well. And as I say, we'll talk about that a lot more uh, in the future. But of course, as usual, everything is available on SDK Manager, sdkman.io. You can upgrade at any time. Now, Skulk, for those who don't know, has been active with the Gradle people for some time now, working with their guides as well. And also, uh, Skulk is the author of a couple of uh, their LeanPub books, right? They're on LeanPub? Yes, they're all the idiomatic Gradle books for plugin authors. Right, and it's, that's the title, right? It's idiomatic Gradle for, or right, idiom, what's the actual title? Let me get it right. Normally, the title is idiomatic Gradle, and the subtitle would be something like 25 recipes for plugin authors. Right. So the first book is done, the second one is still being worked on. The second one's still being worked on, which I, I managed to get in on because if you bought it early, you're right, you gave out yeah. some coupon or something. That's great, but that's a wonderful thing about writing stuff on Lean Pub. So people can buy a book early and then they just get updates for free afterwards. Right. And I have the, the link here uh, at Lean Pub, and I will be sure to um, put that in the show notes. That's for the first one, and then as you say, the second one is still under development. And uh, anybody ever slide that you paid slider all the way to the right, you know, to pay you a maximum amount? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe that's what Baruch will have to do in order to get back in our good graces here, something like that, you know. Uh, but that is there. How did you like the experience, by the way, of writing for LeanPub? Did you like that? Well, by default. LeanPub only uses Markdown or their own flavor of Markdown, which I am, but I don't really like. I'm going to be a very big ASCII doctor person. Yeah, me too. And, and then I thought, well, I would like to write my book in ASCII doctor. And so I ended up writing a back end for ASCII doctor. So you can write an ASCII doctor and actually convert it to the appropriate formats for LeanPub. Wow. And I then definitely... you can I'm definitely interested in that because uh, one of the things you can do with LeanPub books is you can publish them as Amazon eBooks as well. Yes. So that they don't mind, they don't object to that. It's, it's an interesting little mechanism. Of course, by not going through a traditional publisher, you are uh, making it a little bit more difficult for people to find you. But of course, you, are, you don't have the layer in between you and the, and the readers there. Yeah, that's so, good about the other advantage of LeanPub as well especially with technology books, is that the tech can change so fast that a paper book can go out of print very quickly. Mm. And even with, for instance, the idiomatic Gradle books, uh, every time a new version of Gradle comes out, uh, I just pretty much update the script for the book and run it, and it actually checks the compatibility of the content of the book across all the versions of Gradle till the latest one. So if there are any issues with the recipes, they just get updated and pushed out again, and people can get it, which wow, you simply can't do with a paper book. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's very, very helpful. Um, so yeah, I, I hope uh, this will encourage more people to take a look at it. And if they ever do adopt ASCII doc, I imagine they'll get a lot more people uh, interested as well. But if you've got a converter, I imagine the community may be interested at that at some point. Yes. 
is it a Gradle plugin or is it just a backend script? No, no, it's a backend for ASCII doc. But pretty much what will happen is you can still use your Gradle script to build it, and mm. you just have to include the extra backend. Actually, just have to be on your class path and automatically get picked up by ASCII doctor. Wow, I got to try this out. Uh, in the meantime, as part of you know your experience with writing plugins, you are you gave a workshop at Greech, right? Yes, that's correct. And I actually wanted to focus on writing plugins in Groovy at that workshop. There's been a lot of talk in the Gradle community that people should write their plugins in Java uh, for reasons of prior, let's say, disperformance of Groovy and there's mistakes that were made, etc. I mean, Gradle was, I think, most of Gradle core is now Java, if not everything is Java, which I, what I pass I used to actually update the performance to get it to these levels. But so I wanted to focus on the fact of what should you actually do in Groovy to write decent plugins and focusing on things like using compile static and a couple of other things as well. But obviously, we also wanted to get people into writing Gradle plugins as the the learning curve for that is still steep. I mean, it's a lot, lot easier than Maven, for instance, mm. or a couple of other things I've worked with. If you ever try to write a plugin or an extension to GMake, then you will know what pain it is. So <laughs> the way that Gradle does this it just makes it so easy. But it's still, it's there's still a pretty steep learning curve, and things like this hopefully just help people out. Well, I'm sure that that's uh, very appreciated. Uh, glad that you did that. Uh, did you do anything else, by the way, at the Greech conference? Anything else about the conference you want to comment on? No, I just generally absolutely enjoyed it. I think Ivan and Alberto has have been doing a brilliant job of all of the years. I mean, I've, I think I've gone to four of the six Greeches by now, and it's still one of my favorite conferences. Um, it's small. It's packed with Spanish hospitality. Uh, and just a lot of other things. And the, the, the tech content is just so good. And generally, always I just found that there are no, what do I say? I don't really know what a big, the big word is here. But generally, everybody is down to earth. And uh, and they just get along, and it's easy to talk to people in between. And it was just great. Wasn't, so I, there, wasn't there a workshop on the macro methods as well, the the thing that, um, that Sergey Egorov introduced as well? Yes, he yep. did. I didn't go to that, but there's a couple of other people that went to that. It's been very, very well received. I did go. I wrote my first ASD. Again. <laughs> What'd you think? It's cool. It's cool. I mean, it was surprising because he has started the the workshop with a really empty project. So we were all forced to type with him and write the, the ASD ourselves and then see the advantage of using the macro methods instead. Um, I think it's really cool. I mean, for, for anyone writing ASCs, I think it's going to be like a, a really uh, good thing because it's going to save them a lot of time probably, and it's going to make like code much smaller as well. This was another feature that, of course, is supported by the new Parrot parser, right? So I mean, did you use the new Parrot parser in order to make that work? In order to make that work, we had to reference like uh, a Groovy version uh, directly from our build.gradle. Uh, um, I don't remember exactly the name of the thing that he used to, uh, but the the workshop is online. The it's a GitHub repository. Um, but basically, we had to use that specific version, and, and with that specific version, we had access to to Macro method. 
Well, I strongly suspect that once the parrot parser becomes a regular part of Groovy, that I think that'll be just supported natively. Probably, yeah. I think that was one of the features. Uh, again, I, I don't remember for sure, but I, that was my, my sense. Um, I think it's a good place to also just uh, wish Sergey well, because he just uh, relocated to Germany. Sergey relocated to Germany. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, it's always not an easy transition to go to a new country. So we just all want to wish him well. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, good luck to you. And and he was a guest on the podcast uh, uh, some time ago. Um, I think also we got a, uh, I got a tweet this morning uh, from Jen Strader as well, saying that uh, I, I'd seen this before. What is it? The Berlin area? Groovy and Grails user group or whatever is restarting. They're going to be active again. Uh, I wonder if yeah. that's all related. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Sergey is relocating to, to Berlin as well. Yes, and so has Jen. So, so yeah, I know Jen was moving out there and, and as well as Sergey. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, good to see that the community out there is, is uh, restarting the, the user group and getting more interested. Um, of course, one thing we do have to mention is that, you know, the, one of the more controversial things that Gradle did last year is announced that they were going to have support for uh, Kotlin, you know, especially uh, that there's a lot of effort going on in the, what they call it, Gradle Script Kotlin, I believe, is the, is the plug in there. And you'll, that will allow you potentially to write your build files in Kotlin as opposed to writing them in, in Groovy. And in the latest Gradle release, 3.5, I think they upgraded Gradle script Kotlin to 0 0.8. something. I, I expect that they're planning a 1.0 release around the Gradle summit at the end of, of June. Is that your sense as well? I am not actually quite sure. I really want to make a big um, announcement about it. And I sort of know things have been progressing. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, still waiting to see how well it works. Yeah, I don't know, because it's a it's a different challenge, you know, to get Kotlin working in Gradle. Oh my goodness. I I, I said the magic words, didn't I? Uh, we are now joined by it's sort of like doing the whole uh, you know, Beetlejuice comment. I mentioned yes. Kotlin three times and who should appear but our our friend Baruch Sadagursky, who we we announced, you know, you you've been banned. You know that, right? Well, hello, hello, <laughs> Kathleen Kahn. Oh my goodness! Um, just to finish that, we were mentioning how the latest release of Gradle now supports uh, Kotlin script or Kotlin script Gradle, and uh, there was actually one thing I want to mention on that. There's a Kotlin podcast, by the way, run by uh, Hadi Hariri. And it's, it's at TalkingKotlin.com. And he did an interview recently with Rodrigo uh, Oliveira, who is the person at Gradle working on Gradle Script Kotlin. Uh, but at any rate, since we mentioned that, I guess now we have to bring up, you know, poor Baruch, who actually did a Kotlin Puzzlers talk, didn't you? Yes. And for my defense, there are a couple of things that I want to mention. First, I was in a groovy t-shirt. Oh, I, I'm, okay. I'm not sure if it, it, it can be shown on the on the pictures, but it was a groovy t-shirt uh, that I revealed in the middle of the puzzlers in the most embarrassing way to everybody. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so the second, um, every time a good feature of Kotlin was shown, I was screaming it was stolen from Groovy. And uh, when it was not so good, I was screaming this was taken from Scala. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> and the third fact is I got a lot of feedbacks after the puzzlers that the people uh, were considering Kotlin but won't do it anymore. So I think I did my job very well. So what you're saying is, is that you participated, but you were quite subversive in doing so. You were a mole in the Kotlin community. Uh, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what it was. No, it was it was actually a lot of fun, and and um, you know that there it's it's an interesting la language with interesting decisions. Some of them are pretty controversial, and some of them are are extremely unusual. So the puzzlers were a lot of fun. People are. Uh, you know, we're making assumptions that which would be true in other languages, but not in Kotlin. So it was it was a lot of fun. Was that recorded? I mean, I didn't see a video or anything related to that. Yes, it was. It was recorded. It was live streamed, which means the recording is available um, now, and um, we will uh, we will add the. Um, we will add the, the the show the link in the show notes, although it was in Russian, but the 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 code code is code, so. You know, at least that should work. My yeah. jokes about Groovy and Scala will probably uh, uh, be harder to <laughs> to get, but uh, yeah, the, the the puzzlers themselves are 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 nice. Yep, well, that's good. And I the show notes are being prepared. We don't have them all set up yet, so I'll I'll put that document up. It'll be in the normal place in the GitHub repo, and we can add the the link to the video there uh, as well. I I guess you know. Our only alternative would be the, to be the United Airlines of podcasts and just boot you out at this point. But no, I just I just don't have the heart. Um, what do you think, guys? Should we should we let him stay? Yeah, yeah I just so maybe we should change change his name to Karuknev. <laughs> yeah, and and that, as we mentioned um, just now on Twitter, uh, works in the assumption that J stands for Java. Uh, but uh, as uh, my dear friend uh, Craig Berkey mentioned, it might also stand for Jackass. Oh, <laughs> well, remember, Craig is a huge Dane Cook fan, so you know you have to deal with that already. So don't worry. Um, Talking about a lot of fun with those guys, announcement that I I'm not sure was already made public. Um, groovy puzzlers are coming to GreatConf US. And um, that will be um, the drunk edition <laughs> of the Groovy Puddlers, which means that you already know the co-host co of this talk. Very good. Very good. You can guess who that will be. Now, you'll be at the at uh, Great Conf in uh, Copenhagen as well, right? No, no. Um, another a new member of our uh, JFrog uh, family, um, Michael Hutterman is going to John. Uh, he's coming from Germany, so it's a short trip for him. And I have other um, previous arrangements that I need to attend, like a vacation. <laughs> really? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how that happened. There was one other news item, by the way, that I thought I would bring up. I was waiting partly for Baruch to jump in on this, because I imagine you have an opinion about it as well. Uh, there's a guy whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, his last name is uh, B-A-E-L-D-U-N-G. So it looks like Beldung or whatever. I don't know. 
Uh, he is a very frequent uh, blogger about assorted, you know, Java-related guides. And of course, he does a lot in the Spring community. Well, he had this little survey that he put up. And it was a, a quick and easy survey to say, what, uh, what version of Java are you using? What version of Spring and Spring Boot? What about the IDEs? What, and then, of course, what alternative JVM languages and build tools, uh, among other things. And, and he got the, uh, the results of that were announced. He says he got, unbelievably, uh, over 40, almost 4,500 answers from that, you know, a lot of data. Now, it is a somewhat self-selective group. You know, it's the people who are aware of him and who follow him. And that's, you know, that's going to be heavily concentrated toward Java people and especially those with a, a Spring interest. He's got his own courses, for example, on REST with Spring and Spring Security as well. Uh, the results, if you haven't seen them, you know, is that Java 8 adoption was is rapidly growing. That was up around 75% already. And Spring, everybody was on Spring 4, and, and now some people are already using the Spring 5 betas. That, again, that's why I say somewhat self-selected group. Uh, Spring Boot was growing, and, and IntelliJ was uh, bigger than Eclipse, but not nearly as big. I think, again, because the Spring community uses Spring Tool Suite in many ways, so not a surprise. But the two surprising ones, one was the JVM languages, where Groovy was up to 40%. It was by far the biggest of anything, followed by Scala at 28.5, and then Kotlin at 11.5, and everybody else was much smaller. But the part that I really didn't understand is that in the build tools section, Maven was up to 76%, and Gradle was only at about 18 and everybody else was small fry beyond that one of a big ant, believe it or not. You know, uh, yeah. I found it highly inconsistent that Groovy would be so widely adopted and Gradle so narrowly. My own personal explanation, of course, I have no explanation, but my own feeling was is that since this is a spring community and a spring boot community, when you use the spring initializer, by default, it tends to use Maven. You have to ask it to use Gradle instead. So this huge adoption of Spring Boot is leading to a burst of Maven users, but I don't know if people are choosing to use Maven or that's just the default. Uh, anything yeah. else you want to comment on about the no, whole thing? I, I think I think that's that's very precise. And um, if the um, um, the group that were that were working are Spring Boot users, it makes perfect sense. A uh, Dave Sire is a very big. Uh, fan of Maven, so uh, and and Spring Boot is a very opinionated net uh, framework. So when you use Spring Boot, you actually use what Dave Sire wants you to use. So yeah. that will be, of course, Maven. But of course, as Sergio would say, you know, uh, Grails is Grails three is on top of Spring Boot, and of course, that's all driven by Gradle. So any increased adoption of Grails three will hopefully help that. Yeah, but that, well. that's that's another opinion on top of uh, of opinions of Spring Boot <laughs> creators, right? You know what I mean? When you yeah. use Spring Boot, you get the opinions of this of Dave Sire. When you use Grails three on top of Spring Boot, you you get the opinions of of the Grails team, which of course might be different. I was surprised, though, that among these this self-selective group, Groovy had a forty percent, uh, you know, usage rate among the Java developers. Because the question was simply, are you using other JVM-based languages? 
and Groovy was leading the pack with, a, as he says, a strong 40%. That, that's uh, way bigger than I would have expected, just because Groovy just tends to be quiet. People don't tend to talk about it that much. So this, uh, I don't see how the answers relate to the questions, because are you using other JVM languages should at least contain no, right? No, okay, okay, so you're and, saying, and, yeah, all right. And it means that what we see here, this pie chart, is those who named another language. Yeah, he so does, I would he say, does, if, we, if we, yes. right, if we, if we put a no in the mix, it could be that we will have like 80% no, and those are the results of the remaining 20. Oh, no, he's got it right underneath. He says, overall, 50% of developers are only using Java. So that's less than 60. I mean, that's not too bad. So yeah, nearly, here, 57. Yeah. 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 So, so, so what we see here are the results, are the results of the remaining 43. And out of those, 40 use uh, use Groovy. So <clears throat> from the total amount of people, it's like, what, like 20%? But which, which... Yeah, which which makes sense. It's a good number for for uh, for the JVM usage, and and of course, if you extrapolate it to all the developer community, add like sixty percent that you, that don't use the JVM, and then you got into the numbers which are consistent with the other polls that we see, like Stack Overflow and 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 others. So it, it makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you for that. Um, of course, the big surprise there, if anything, is how much Kotlin has grown because they've well, they they passed uh, closure on this. I mean, closure is looks like it's almost an afterthought. It was only at uh, what eight percent, six percent. You know, it's a very yeah. small number. And then Ceylon, C E Y L O N. I've heard of it. I've never done anything with Ceylon. That's a language. Yeah, it's a yeah. Red language. If you could put it this way, uh, pretty much driven out of. He, Barcelona to some extent, if I could put it, but there's a lot of guys working hard. I've actually been working with those guys, helping them to convert their build from Ant to Gradle. Someone except of Gavin actually works on Ceylon? Yes, I, I was pretty sure it's, it's a, it's a one-man show. Not if you sit on the Gitter group for Ceylon. It is pretty busy. Mm. Nice, nice. Okay, good to know. And and regarding Kotlin, well, now I have explanation to um, any hype around Kotlin. It turns out that it's a name of a very popular ketchup brand in Poland. Yeah. Right? So now we know how to explain any rise in any polls or statistics around Kotlin. It's just people mistakenly answer about ketchup. Yeah, somebody put up a, a blog post where they had uh, interest, and all they had put in on Google interest was Groovy and Kotlin. And I'm thinking, you know how difficult it is to search on Groovy and not get everything that's other than the programming language? You know what I mean? I mean, you get tons mm -hmm. of stuff there. So, I mean, Kotlin, yeah, that was the interesting discovery from that, is that it's a popular ketchup brand in Poland. Go figure. <laughs> and and now it explains another very interesting phenomenon that I um, kept wondering about why every tweet about Kotlin written in plain English is suggested to be translated from Polish by Twitter. <laughs> okay. Very and, good. and now everything makes sense. Well, I believe um, that's pretty much everything I had. I went through a whole series of uh, news relate, newsy related things, but not a ton of stuff. Um, and Skulk and Sergio were kind enough to 
to uh, cover a lot of that information. That'll all go in the show notes. Is there anything that, that any of you have that you would like to bring up or mention at this point? No, nope. I'll just say goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Adios. Adeo. See, I'm an American. Wow. I know one language. You know, it's it's the old Bruce Willis line from uh, from Fifth Element. Is I know two languages, English and bad English. So you know. <laughs> no, but Ken, now we have these parts recorded, and we can just amend it to every episode in the end. <laughs> very good. And Sergio, thank you very much for for coming. Um, are thank you? you uh, you're just still working with the uh, the guides. Anything else going on with you these days? Uh, yeah, basically we publish a guide every Monday, so make sure to visit uh, guides.grace.org every Monday. Uh, I publish the Ruby Calamari every weekend, so be sure to subscribe there as well. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. Thank you guys. Uh, keep doing the podcast. I, uh, I have been listening to the podcast for a long time. So I hope you keep doing it and of course, of course you should listen. All these podcasts only exist because of Groovy Calamari. Basically what we do, we read out loud the news from there. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes I curate Mr. Haki blog and then yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, that actually underrates the influence of the um the uh shoot, what is it? The the other one that we read from as well. Grails the, the Diary. Diary. Yeah, the oh, Grails yeah. Diary, yeah. right, right. Because we got the, and I didn't put that together this time so uh and for the next podcast we'll just read from that one you know <laughs> and by the way are you anywhere near ivan lopez yeah like uh, half an hour with the car like 50 kilometers away oh well if you see him or you talk to him please tell him you know thank you and and thank you for the reach conference and uh tell him i'm sorry i i should have probably brought him on for this one as well, you know, uh, but we'll be sure to have him as a guest on a future podcast at some point. Perfect. And then Baruch, you, you as usual get the last word, whatever it is you want. Uh, yeah. So guys, thank you very much for the great job you do for the community and uh, we'll see you around. That's it. You're going to be gracious after all this. You took such nah. a good, you know, after all this time, we all the hard time we give you, Dear Kotlin Ken, I think I deserve a little bit of the beating myself. So we're all good. Uh, wow. I, I knew that was going to come up at some point. Okay. Well, thank you all for coming. Uh, the podcast will be available this afternoon and at the usual places. Uh, once again, thank you to the No Fluff Just Stuff con conference for giving us a homepage at nofluffjuststuff.com slash groovypodcast. You can see any of the old podcasts there or get access to the RSS feed if you want to go through iTunes or any other RSS reader. And we will talk to you again soon. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.